Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information. All right. Welcome to Holy Talk uh, Podcast in Zoom. I'm Danny Ortiz. And I'm Tuli Weiss. Uh, Rabbi Tuli, how are you doing in Israel? How's it going? Give me updates about Israel, updates about you. How's everything going? Good. Thank God. Israel is seems to be on the road to recovery, please, God. God willing, God should just continue to protect this place because uh, they started opening up things, uh, businesses and stores a little bit more. They're going to try it out for a couple of days. And if uh, all goes well, they're going to then start to open up schools. So hopefully, uh, thank God, hopefully with God's help, we will get through this soon. What we, were talking, we were talking about earlier. I, I, oh, I'm doing good. I wanted to ask you about your, your great news of uh, going back to work. How was that for you? Yeah, so I was just saying that I went back to work for the first time in, I don't even know, six weeks or something, went back to the office. And it was just nice because I um, had a lot of internet issues at the house. And uh, it's been frustrating to try to get some work done when your internet kind of keeps coming in and out. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot of kids fighting for the internet. A lot of people fighting for the internet. A lot, a lot of people trying to watch movies and play games and try to go to school. And, you know, the kids are like, their teachers are doing the best that they can. But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for the teachers. It's hard for the kids. And um, there's always a lot of technical issues. You know, you almost need like a full-time techie to be. Yeah. Um, troubleshoot all the kids issues that come up all the time i want to give a big shout out to that point uh rabbi Tuli, to every person that homeschools kids uh man you de- you're gonna get a trophy you deserve a trophy you deserve everything that comes great to you all the blessings because it's not uh, it's not an easy thing to do to uh to help you know because you have the teachers helping and you're trying to help your child at the same time it's not an easy thing to do trying to teach your kid from home no, right, but those, yeah, those folks had a big head start because uh, they actually have, they, you know, they've given it thought and they know how to do it and they know how to, you know, most of us, I think, are just, uh, we're just doing the best we can, just doing the best we can. <laughs> That's all we can do. That's all we can do, man. We're doing good here in Columbus. We're doing good in the States. I was telling you earlier, um, some of the states like Georgia has opened up widely, which is, you know, a little concerning, you know, um, so many people want to hurry back up into it, you know what I mean? Um, and I think, you know, part of this show, you know, we are going to give a little bit of opinion. So I'm going to give a little bit of my opinion on that moment. You know, I think it's just difficult. You know, I, I want, I want everybody to stay safe, number one, and hopefully we can, we can start slowly and then go, right. I think open and wide open. It's just, it's just nerve wracking for, you know, all of us that's been staying home for so long. So um, I'm hoping that uh, everything goes well in Georgia. My prayers are with the, you know, those in Georgia and the other states that are looking to open it right away. Yeah, I think Columbus is taking a, a, a little, little slow approach to it, Ohio in general. Um, our Governor DeWine has been doing a great job to, to just really, really slow um, the process of us opening. So. You know, I think it'd be good for people to get out, but at the same time for us, you know, we want to make sure everything's safe and we don't go backwards, you know, and, and the pandemic opens up widely. Right, right. 
Yeah, but that seems to be like all, all the news that all the time. Corona, I know that it's, um, you know, again, it's, uh, it's a challenging time for, for a lot of people and we just got to try to find the positivity just because um, it's just important to stay focused on the blessings that we do have and not get sucked down into, you know, complaining because it's easy to do that and it's human nature to some extent. So we just got to try to stay right. focused. Uh, and yeah. stay positive, you know, stay positive. Uh, you know, that, that's why it's, it's so connected. It's just so important for you to stay connected to God. You know what I mean? Connected to the Torah, connected to the word of God. You know what I mean? Um, because that gives you the peace, the love, the solace that you need to, to you know, to walk your everyday walk. Um, it, it, we, you could easily go two different routes, depression, anxiety, worry, you know what I mean? Complaining, or you can go, well, I just count the blessings that we are. We have a home. You know what I mean? People are, you know, more people are alive than, than passed away. There are many, many blessings. And for us, and here in my house, I try to, you know, you know, I do a lot of traveling, Rabbi Tully. So I've been to third world countries that don't even have, I have friends of mine right now that don't have electricity that works and they have to deal with COVID-19. Wow. So, you know what I mean? With, with our home, we try to have our kids to think about the small blessings. Like you turn on a light, that's a blessing. You know what I mean? You have hot water to take a shower, and that's a blessing. All those things that we, ha we should be grateful for, you know what I mean, and not take it for granted. Right. And especially now that we've been getting back to normalcy to some extent, going to work a little bit, um, leaving the house a little bit more, and going to certain stores that we haven't been at. So it's important, I think, to you know, not go back to business as usual because there have been such nice um, aspects of slowing down the pace and uh, spending so much more time with family, not running, you know, just to every little meeting, just, you know, or every appointment and, you know, booking yourself like a chicken without a head. I felt like, so now, you know, it's easy to get back into that habit. And uh, hopefully, I know I can just say for myself, hopefully I'll be able to have the discipline, I guess, the discipline to keep the slow pace a little bit and spend yeah. more time, to continue spending more time with the family. I know that when I was at work the other day, so I, I didn't even go in a whole day. I went in for maybe four hours and I was thinking to myself and I texted my wife like, this is the longest I've been apart from you for <laughs> weeks, two yes. hours. I, you know, I haven't been out of the house. I haven't been away from the family for, for more than a few minutes. So that, you know, I want to make sure that don't go too far away from what we've established here over the last few weeks. You know, I agree with that, Rabbi Tuli. Uh, slow is the new fast, small is the new big. And so, we, we want everything big, fast, God, hey, that, that microwave stuff. But if we can slow that pace down and, and not try to achieve, you know what I mean, uh, the numbers of what we think success is, you know what I mean, um, and not try to, you know, I, you know, we, it's just a podcast and what we're doing with Zoom. We can say, oh, we want hundreds of thousands of people to listen to. Well, just one or two or three or four or five people listen to, to this and they, they get blessed by it that's great enough. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times we, we overshoot ourselves because we want the big, big, massive amount of people. You know what I mean? And again, I, Israel 
helped me with that, Rabbi Tuli, with this, with, I, when I went to, again, the wall that was built in Nehemiah's day, I almost got a little bit disappointed because again, as we read in our minds and we see in a sense where we think the wall, I thought the wall was like the size of Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and when I saw the wall, I was like, oh, it's not that big, but it doesn't lose the power of the story. You know what I mean? Right. Even though in, the, in, in my head, as I read these stories in the Old Testament, I'm looking at Jerusalem as this big, you know, American, you know, mindset, as big as America, you know what I mean? A mm-hmm. hundred thousand people in one city, you know what I mean? And when you walk the streets or you see the city of David, you're like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can fit the city of David in my little town, in, in, right. you know, four, four or five of them in my little town. I think it helped me realize that things, you know, we, we don't have to have the grand of the story to have, you know what I mean? It's, we don't have to be big so the story can be powerful. You know what I mean? I think that was a lesson I learned when I went to Israel. Yeah, it's actually a lesson that God, I think, intentionally uh, tries to give over. When he blesses Abraham and he says that your people are going to be a great people, your children are going to be a great nation, and I'm going to give them a piece of land. And he said, I'm going to give them the, all the land from the Nile to the Euphrates. So first of all, we don't have that today, right? Yeah. But still, like, you know, the Nile to the Euphrates, that's nice, but that's like, I don't know, that's like from, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Mississippi. I'm going to give you a great land from the Atlantic to the Mississippi, you know, something like that. Like, well, you know, well, God, couldn't you have uh, thought bigger? <laughs> you know, couldn't you, <laughs> you know, uh, been a little bit more ambitious? Um, but God didn't, you know, give us a big track of land. God wasn't into big. He wasn't into empire building you know the, Come on. the people the israelites in the bible they don't go out and build an empire like the egyptians or like the assyrians in fact we were like the anti-empire people and uh, we were always fighting against our prophets were always railing against the empires we were always countercultural, and uh and i think that you know there's a danger of uh, getting swept into that mindset of bigger is better bigger is better yeah and again i'm going to say it again slow is the new fast small is the new big if you can think in the pace of god you can think i'm remodeling the house man you i want this thing done yesterday but what i learned uh i just quick story so we had somebody repaint the doors um and we thought that that was going to work but they forgot to sand it, so all the paint is peeling off. So we had to go and then rebuy all the doors new. And then it's taken three weeks to order the doors to come in. And, and we thought one thing that was gonna be quick and easy, my brother said it right. He said, he said, sometimes, you know, doing it right is the right thing to do just because it's the right thing to do. He said, you wanted to shortchange it and just do a quick fix. He said, you put a bandaid on it. He said, you can't put a bandaid on stuff. You gotta do stuff right from the beginning. And so when he told me that, it taught me a big lesson. First of all, this, is, this renovation is going to take a lot longer than what I thought, number one. Number two, sometimes you got to do it, things right. You know what I mean? Not just put a bandage or a quick fix on it. It's a longevity thing. It's a, it's, it's a you know what I mean? I, I, I got to get the thing healing and, and whatever, you know, if it's a, if it's a wound, you got to let the thing heal. You know what I mean? Um, you can't just put a bandage over it and just accept it to, overnight. It takes time. And so there's a lesson that we just learned literally yesterday 
going to the store and buying these new doors, and we almost choked. <laughs> we like, oh my goodness. So uh, we're learning that lesson right right now. So we just slowing down and, and just taking our time on things. Yeah, me measure first and cut. Measure twice and cut once, right? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right, because we're in trouble. Um, so I know we wanted to jump on uh, some Torah portion uh, of the week of on, on Leviticus. Um, and, and when we talked about the topic, I thought it was a great topic. So um, Rabbi Chui, wherever you want to start, I, I think we want to start in uh, Leviticus 13. And yeah, so, so Leviticus is a tough book, right? And uh, it's hard to really wrap your mind around it. The laws of purity and impurity especially are so removed from our daily life that you know you're like you get to these chapters and you're like well what what is it trying to teach me? But I think that Leviticus, you know, we read um, a double portion over the last Shabbat, and yes. we were from you know chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, and um, chapters actually the whole thing pretty much is about um, this unusual illness, a disease, a plague. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, once again, we see that the Torah portion seems to be uh, speaking to us. Right. At this time, right? Yeah. I mean, every week we've we've had that where it's like t really speaking to us. And if you really want to understand the Torah portion, you got to open up your newspaper. And if you really want to understand the news, you got to open up the Torah portion. Come on, come on. <laughs> That's so beautiful. So, so chapter 13 talks about this illness that, um, but right off the bat, you kind of get the picture that this is not just a regular physical uh, illness. It's not a physical disease, because after all, in chapter 13, it says the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, when a man shall have a, uh, in the skin of his flesh a rash or a scab or a bright spot, and it becomes, um, and it become in the skin of his flesh, the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest or unto one of his sons, the priest. So first of all, it uses the word leprosy, but the truth of the matter is it's not leprosy. You know, leprosy is something you go to the doctor for. Mm -hmm, and here mm -hmm. that you go to the doctor, you go to the priest, right? So right off the bat, we know that this is a spiritual illness. This isn't a physical illness. That's one of the first things I saw when I was reading it, uh, Rabbi Tuli, that, uh, you know, the first 13, one and two, that you have to go into the priest and you would think, um, and, and there are flesh uh, diseases that you go to the doctor. And I think when you read Leviticus in this context, a lot of it is a spiritual significance to God. It's understanding the relationship with man and God and understanding that. Sometimes our relationship is frailty and it's not on God's point of view, it's on our point of view. We have some, you know, spiritual deficiencies on our point of view that God's trying to get us more connected or reconnected a lot of times with him. But I saw that when they talked about going to the priest instead of going to the doctor. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, you go to, the, okay, and then it says that, well, what you do, the priest is going to tell you what to do is he looks at it and he's going to either pronounce it clean or unclean. Or oftentimes what he'll say is that you need to go into isolation, right? So again, that's a familiar concept at this point. Come on. I go into isolation and I come back after seven days. And um, so again, there's like a lot of uh, similarities to what we're all living through right now. 
but um, but what's interesting about this is because it's a spiritual illness, so it's a it is a punishment. It's actually a punishment. What's it a punishment mm-hmm. for? So it doesn't really say in the text what it's a punishment for, but the rabbis have a, a an approach, or they explain that it's punishment for very specific kind of transgression. You know what that is, Danny? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with transgression? Yeah. Well, well, oh, well, what what was it? Yeah, I believe in reading all of it. It was um, gossiping. Was gossiping, it? exactly. It was gossiping. Yeah, how, how do you know that? I'm just curious. Is that well, in studying and, and then looking at Miriam's point of view from Miriam when she had the, 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 when you look at Numbers chapter 12 and you see that Miriam gets that own leprosy too, it's because she was using her voice against someone else. That's you know right. what I mean? And so as she got her voice, and then it was the same thing with her seven days, you know what I mean? So there's two other stories. I want to go to Naaman later. But naming and Miriam, as we study leprosy, I always try to go and study other parts of where am I seeing leprosy and where am I seeing healing leprosy. So I, I looked at Miriam's life. Exactly, exactly. And, and again, what's the idea there is that when a person gossips or speaks badly about another, so they, they're creating boundaries and they are trying to uh, distance, create distance between themselves and other people. And so the punishment is that isolation, is that distance, that you are trying to create distance with other people. We're going to put you in isolation and create that distance around you. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's a crime that, that, a punishment that fits the crime. Um, and uh, it also, you know, it rem- reminded me that we spoke last week about the Torah portion, where it's talking all about purity of food, certain in- certain yeah. foods that were pure, certain foods that were impure, and what you're uh, allowed to eat and what you're not allowed to eat. And we talked about the, the bat as being a, an impure food that you're not allowed mm-hmm. to eat. And, um, you know, the Jewish people, I think, are kind of famous for keeping kosher, the kosher laws. But what this is saying is that more important than what we put into our mouth is what comes out of our mouth. That's so powerful. And, uh, you know, so we're all very careful. Like, I know, even though my kids, my kids know that, you know, if they're at the store, they have to look to see if it has a little symbol to make sure that it's kosher. And like from a very young age, kids know that food has to be kosher. And what's harder to teach is, you know, the words that come out of your mouth also have to be kosher. So as a reflection of, I mean, if you look at coalition to what's happening right now, in coalition, I mean, and, and so what's happening right now, you know, we're in this self-quarantine, you know, this this disease is coming to earth, you know what I mean? How many people that are listening to us right now, you can take this time uh, to reevaluate the things that come out of your mouth constantly. To, you know what I mean? I think we don't know what's missing until it's missing a lot of times. A lot of times, you know, are complaining of, of going to work, are complaining of all oh, those people at work and those things that are happening. All those are the talks that this is really talking about and saying, listen, when you are at work, there's a gratefulness that should come out of our mouths, a thanksgiving, you know what I mean? Again, a lot of people that that were complaining about work now will beg to go back to work because we've been so far away, you know what I mean? And, and you think those those times that we all have done it at one time in our lives where we like, why am I doing this? Or what, what's happening here? You know what I mean? I think God is just 
teaching us through his scriptures, man, listen, if you take your time and understand, be grateful for everything and don't complain because you, it may be gone. You know what I mean? So the isolation here, seven days, the same people that you talk about, you're going to miss because being alone is a very difficult thing. You know what I mean? And anyone that's going through and listening to this right now, that's going through loneliness. Loneliness is a real thing. Rejection is a real thing. Isolation is a real thing. Those are real emotions that people are going through right now as we speak. And so I encourage it is pick up the phone, speak to somebody. If you have time where you have offended somebody, now's the time to call them and get all that taken care of. Because what we realized through this isolation period is that a lot of things that we gripe around, Rabbi Tuli, they're not as big as what we make them seem at the moment. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't uh, realize what you have until you're missing it. But also like the power of words, you know, um, not to be complaining about things the way that we're always just used to kind of complaining. Just because when we are in our homes and there's a lot less going on in our lives than ever before, the words that we say are so important. It affects the whole mood of the house. And when we're complaining about other people, we're complaining even about our situation, or we're talking bad about, about our leaders, or whatever the case may be, you're creating this like negative energy in the, in the room and in the house. And it's so important right now to be bringing only positive things, positive energy, positive positivity into our lives as much as possible. So that way we don't get trapped into a vicious downward cycle. And, yeah. um, you know, so that, so it's, it's, it's teaching us that we got to focus on our words, to focus on our language. Um, and, uh, you know, in this, in the focus of this, of the whole section here really is spirituality. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is that you have this affliction on your clothes and on your houses, and certainly leprosy doesn't affect your clothes and affect your houses. It's really like a spiritual, it's a warning. God is trying to warn us that we need to improve. And, and I was thinking that, especially at this time of year, at this time in the Hebrew calendar, it's like a really, really appropriate lesson. You know, we, are, we actually are in the middle of Passover and the next holiday is Shavuot or Pentecost, yeah, 49 yeah. days later. Um, we actually just started a new Hebrew month uh, yesterday. It was the first day of the Hebrew month. It's called ER, which is I-Y-A-R, the month of ER. And um, it's a very specific time on the Jewish calendar where, you know, we just finished with Passover. Passover is the physical liberation from slavery. And we're, we're good, gearing up and getting ready for the spiritual liberation mm. where we're able to receive the Torah, the revelation, when all of the people, the Jewish people received the Torah from God on Shavuot, 49 days after Passover. So the physical liberation, we had to prepare ourselves for 49 days. We weren't ready right away to receive the Torah. We have to prepare ourselves for the spiritual liberation, which is when we became servants of God, children of God, um, obligated to follow God's commandments. And uh, we basically went from being slaves to Pharaoh to slaves to God. But it's, you know, we didn't replace one master with another master and in the sense of uh, replacing one servitude for another servitude. We gained our freedom 
when we received the Torah and became servants to God. And we needed to <clears throat> improve ourselves every day in order to get there. And so, you know, that's why one of the reasons why we read this passage at this time period in order to remind ourselves that every day between Passover and Shavuot, we need to improve ourselves spiritually. That's so and good. Especially <clears throat> when we're in quarantine and every day sort of blends into another day, you know, yeah. I don't even know what the day is anymore, you know? <laughs> right? Day or night, we don't know what it is. We keep on moving. <laughs> but if you find like one little thing to improve yourself, to improve upon, one little thing every day, then we'll walk out of here after a couple of weeks of this and we'll be different people ready yeah. to receive the word of God. That's so powerful, man. Preparation. So we've been prepared and prepared to receive and to receive the word of God. Um, and for those who are listening, take the opportunity that you have right now. You know, don't waste a day. You know what I mean? And I know, again, like, like Rabbi Tully said, our days are going through. You know what I mean? There, you know, we, we don't know whether Monday, Friday, Sunday, Monday morning, nighttime. But as you continue in this journey, it's a journey to get closer to God. You know what I mean? It's a journy to say, uh, because in, 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 in the, for the Passover of the Shabbat, they were not, they were not uh, necessarily in that moment when, they, when it happened, when they left Egypt, they were not knowing that they were going to get that beautiful Torah. You know what I mean? Um, but they knew that God had delivered them. You know what I mean? They knew those promises that we just got delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians. You know what I mean? And what an awesome God that he says, I just want more. That's part of the relationship, but there's a deeper relationship. I want to take this relationship to another level. And if we can look at it like that, it's like going from courtship, right? To, you know, when I was courting my wife. It was different when we were engaged and it was different when we were married. Each level got into a different level of intimacy with her and closeness with her. So then even, even when we were married for three years, that was a different level of intimacy until I saw I have kids. Then I was like, oh my goodness, I really love you. You know what I mean? You had to walk through that for nine months and the relationship just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And I just thank God that he always has, as is in his journey, where we're getting deeper and deeper and closer and closer with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, that's, uh, that's just another, I don't know, it's amazing to go through this period, this unusual time period, and look at these Torah portions in a new perspective, because I've certainly read this same Torah portion every year for many years. And uh, I know that I now, you know, have this unique perspective. And it was something actually I was talking about with my kids, because even Shabbat is very different in quarantine than a regular Shabbat, spending a lot more time with the family and not in the synagogue. Because on a typical Shabbat, be in the synagogue for hours, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and now it's all home time and more time to talk to the kids about the Torah portion. And, um, you know, we, were, we had some good conversations around the table this Shabbat. But I was realizing that, you know, the kids really um, hear these stories and the teachers have to explain it in a childish kind of way for the kids to really mm -hmm. grasp what's going on. And a lot of times as we grow up, we don't shake that. 
you know, we still continue gotcha. to hold on to these Bible stories from when we were children in a simplistic, childish kind of perspective. But as you mature, so you gain deeper insights and, um, and so you're reading the same stories that you're very familiar with, but you're like, wow, I didn't realize that. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that it's, that's what it's talking about or that is so relevant to my life and what I'm going through right now. And that's a beautiful part. I think me and you've talked about it every week of the Torah portion is that as I, I, as I, you know, take my time of reading the Torah portion, I'm like, man, God, did you understand that this was going to happen, you know, thousands of years later, that we were going to be literally in 2020 going through, you know what I mean, this coronavirus, because it's literally speaking to your situation right now. And mm -hmm. that's how beautiful the word of God is. That's, it's just, to me, it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, and I want to grow every single day. You know what I mean? Because the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you're learning about him and how he sees things. And that's the beautiful part about it because he, he's uncovering himself so that we can discover him. You know what I mean? And he doesn't have to. That's right. That's what's beautiful about it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to. But he's like, listen, I'm unveiling myself through these natural circumstances so that you can see more of me, you know what I mean? And discover me daily, you know what I mean? And so um, I think this is beautiful. I think this is beautiful, man. Um, and, I, and, I, and I encourage everyone to start reading uh, the scripture more. Take this time, as Rabbi Tuli said, to prepare your hearts uh, as we move into Shavuot, right? As we move into, and I think we did a Shavuot too. Wasn't we together throughout a Shavuot a couple of years ago? Was it, was that, did we do that when we went to Poland? Was that about the same time when we did it was the Poland the same time of year. It was definitely the same time of year. It was exactly right. It was this, um, it was uh, Jerusalem Day, right? It was yes. Jerusalem Day. So Jerusalem Day is the 28th of the month of ER. So in a cup, yeah, yeah, very close to Shavuot. Exactly. I, remember I remember that back then, uh, back when we were over there. Uh, learned so much while we were there. Um, so... This is awesome. Um, I'm yeah. glad that we were able to, to share some stuff today. I wanted to get into naming and the healing. So for those who, who uh, just a quick extra note to go study is, is just after you read Leviticus 13, Le read Leviticus 14, because I just love the, the healing process. You know what I mean? Um, because it's so beautiful to see, uh, you know, the, the, the cleansing and, and, and to see that healing is possible. Even, you know, and I looked at that from a natural healing to a spiritual healing that's you know what I mean how uh, the rituals of the cleansing of the of the healing of the leopards it was it was powerful to read and I coincide that with Naaman's story in second Kings chapter five how you know the prophet mm -hmm. you know what I mean uh, told him go dip himself in the Jordan River <laughs> and he didn't want to you know what I mean uh, and sometimes mm -hmm. God has different ways of bringing healing to us you know what I mean uh, but we have a God that heals for sure and heals us our spiritual condition when we left uh, needing more of him. Well, I love that. And, uh, and maybe we'll just conclude with this um, idea that, like I mentioned before, we just started a new Hebrew month. And we just started a new Hebrew month. It's the month of ER, which I said is E-R-I-Y-A-R, -R, but really it's spelled in Hebrew um, with four Hebrew letters. Aleph, that's the first letter. Mm-hmm. Yud, Yud, Rach. 
Aleph Yud Yud Resh, ER. Now, that's actually an acronym. ER stands for something in Hebrew. It stands for Ani Hashem Rofecha, which means I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your healer. Yeah, the month that we're in is a month of healing. It's always been a month of healing. And it's built into the name of the month. Um, and, uh, and certainly at this time, God, God knew that we needed to be reading this uh, at this time. God knew that we needed to be healed during the month of ER. And it's just my prayer. I'm, I'm praying in Jerusalem and praying in Israel for all of my friends back in America and all over the world that God should bring healing to all of his people during this month of ER. That's so good. Thank you very much, Tuli. I agree with you. Healing. Thank you so much. That's so powerful. I am the God that heals, man. And so, uh, man, take that with you. Take that with you this week. Uh, Rabbi Tuli, thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to next week. I look forward to our time every week. I really do. I do too. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Shalom. Thanks, everybody. Shalom. Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information.